Good evening. I really hope everyone is very excited. Oh, yes. Super excited because it's three weeks, exactly three weeks from tonight. Ma nishtana halayla hazot. It'll be a very different night. Um, and the, really, the, the, at least with the men I started learning on Purim, and the opportunity for preparing for Pesach is now. But before we get into Pesach, last year I had some of these uh, jokes. So I, I can figure a few more just to get into the, to the Pesach. I hope everyone's still living off Purim. This is from uh, Bina Magazine. Okay. So I saw some of them I said last year, but they were, they were good. If I can say a joke again, these were good. All right. So what do germs and chametz have in common? They can both be killed with bleach. You're supposed to laugh. Oh. <laughs> there we go. They are both contagious. If an item which has uh, had all the chametz killed on it, it touches an item which has already been cleaned for Pesach, when a clean item reverts to its previously chametzy status, and must once again be disinfected on all surfaces. Okay, how do you know? By the way, since, you know what the difference is? Last year, I think we did this like 10 days before Pesach. Now we're three weeks, so most people haven't started yet, so you can't really appreciate these jokes. But in like 10 days from now, these jokes will really be funny. <laughs> how do you know, how do you know when it's time to take a break from cleaning? A, when you find a pretzel in the closet that you are cleaning and you dust it off and return it to its shelf. B, when you start scrubbing with bleach inside the drum of your washing machine. <laughs> Three, when you find yourself incessantly singing Dieto to yourself <laughs> with a different intent than the song from the Haggadah. Okay. Now this I've tried before. Uh, all of the above? How can you minimize the amount of chametz that children scatter about the house without turning it into a shouting shrew? Don't let them into the house. That's mine. Uh, wait, here you go. Sew their pockets shut. Maybe also the ends of their sleeves. Send them to visit a relative in another country. Feed them nothing but potatoes from the moment you start cleaning for Pesach. When should you start cleaning for Pesach? The day after Hanukkah? The day after Rosh Chodesh Adar? The day after Rosh Chodesh Nisan? Okay. Um... What do Sukkot and Erev Pesach have in common? You eat your meals outside. <laughs> and finally, we'll do one last one. What exactly is a matzah meal? So it's dry, flat bread, which has been ground up with intent of using it in the place of flour. But while doing the rest of the year, we would never try to substitute breadcrumbs for flour. Somehow we think that at this time of year it will work. Or two, a matzah meal is another name for the Seder. Okay, so, jokes aside, um, Pesach is really a tremendous opportunity. I mean, you know, it's one of those holidays where it's supposed to break your equilibrium a, li- equilibrium a little bit. It's Pesach really affords each one of us um, the opportunity to get very close to Hashem. Uh, it kills me, kills me, when I see Jews being ritual Jews. What does it mean to be a ritual observant Jew? People who go through the motions of life. I keep Shabbat, I have a Seder, right? I listen to Megillah, and it's just from the outside, which means it doesn't hit the core 
of the person. A person's neshama is not awakened. Right? Pesach, we're supposed to literally, the night of the Seder, be dancing with Hashem. Like, really close to Hashem. And that is what a Seder is all about. It's not supposed to be, let's open our Maxwell House Haggadah, finish in 45 minutes so that we can get to the Shulchan Aruch and really let's eat. That's not what Pesach is about. That would be a tremendous lost opportunity. Right? Meaning Pesach is, as I've said many a time, is like a wedding night. You're supposed to savor it. We're supposed to get close to Hashem. It's, it's supposed to be a, a tremendous opportunity of kirva, which is closeness of opening our souls, of feeling close to Hashem. And the way we get there is really the, the weeks before. So I'm going to just remind ourselves of how we get uh, to Pesach. Um, and of course, we're here to know how to physically clean. But if it's just physically cleaning, if, if chametz is just you know a physical uh, uh, preparation and there's no spiritual preparation, then I don't believe that night of Pesach, uh, people are going to be literally... Uh, feeling the Rebbeinu Shalom. And really, the night of Pesach, just like the Jewish people, when they left Mitzrayim, they felt the Shekhinah, they saw God. We say the night of Pesach is supposed to be, for us, the same thing. We're supposed to feel God. night of Pesach. Each one of us in this room certainly has the ability. I know everyone in here, there's no one here who can't have that phenomenon. But a lot of it, and by the way, I, I will say one thing, that the, the, the woman... Of course, the men have to be coming to the classes and going to be a Haggadah classes and all that. But the house, the Pesach, the house, like all houses, the woman set the tone, right? In every level, right? And although the men often leave the Haggadah, it's the, the, the feeling of Pesach starts weeks before. And just like a wedding, right? You prepare and you prepare for the wedding and so much of the preparations for the wedding create the wedding. If you would just get proposed and the next morning you get married... The wedding wouldn't be that exciting. It's a lot of the excitement of the wedding is the preparation. Not only all of the, the sending the invitations and picking the band and the flowers and the menu and who you're going to invite and the seating charts and I can give you and anyone getting married. Everyone's not married. I'll give you a list of what things what to do. But it's not only all of that. It's when you're you're, you're visualizing the wedding. So we're preparing for Pesach three weeks and tonight. Everything should be with the idea of the Seder. It shouldn't be just going through rotes. I mean, it, it's, I, I can't take, and I've said this many times, people looking at orthodoxy as just rituals. Right? It, we're Torah Jews. Right? It's not just a bunch of rituals. It's that We're not doing a history lesson over here. I have good history classes, by the way. I can recommend them. 20 classes. Eventually I'll give more. If you want to do history classes, they're online. The night of Pesach is us. Right? We're not telling a story. We're living the story. And if you want, if you want to be able to gain it, it has to be prepared for beforehand. Now, the Shuk of a Rabbi Zatzal, Dov Beresh Rosenberg, he once said to his Hasidim, he says, he doesn't understand, by Pesach, people ask him all kinds of questions of, you know, is this kosher? Is this kosher? Should I get this matzah? Should I get this matzah? But very few people ask him, 
you know, how to prepare my soul for Pesach, right? How, the, that my mouth, the matzah goes into, that that should be kosher. And believe it or not, when you look at, at, at uh, Pesach, there are many stringencies. Now, why are there stringencies? The Radvaz, who is the great, great Egyptian sage, and the Rebbe of the Arizal, so he points out, and this is based on Gemaras and on Midrashim, that the Chametz is compared to the Yetzirah. When we look at Chametz, right, the source should be Isa, it's compared to the evil inclination. And a lot of what Chametz represents is the fat, right? You know, the extra, the fluff. Right? I'm sure Mrs. Lunder can tell you, how, you know, many very tasty Chametz recipes. But Matz is very simple, right? And what Chametz represents on, a meta, on an allegorical level is the, uh, is the, the Yetzirah. And that when we're searching for Chametz, and that's why the Arizal has very um, important languages, that the more you search for the Chametz, you're supposed to actually search for uh, the Yetzirah as well. Rabbeinu Bachya, the great early 14th century Spanish sage, student of uh, the Rajba, so he actually says a beautiful, beautiful Moshainis in Kadach Kemach, not what I usually call it in Shabbos. He has another word called Kadach Kemach, and he literally says, I'll just read a little bit of what he says. says you shouldn't see any chametz, you shouldn't find any chametz. You shouldn't find it, and you have to be, you have to nullify it. Because you find mitzvahs in different angles, mitzvahs apeh, certain mitzvahs d- demand you articulate it, some are in our hearts, some are deeds. So too, um, we are mevatal chametz, we get rid of chametz in all of these ways, in the preparing for Pesach, each one rectifying part of our soul, our, ourselves. Um, so, there is a strong idea of getting rid of as, of as much chametz, even the chumrah, as possible. The same Advaz says there was a minog to paint the walls on, uh, before Pesach. Because in those days, not like our days, their walls were, were like muddy. And you know what little kids do on, on walls that in the old days? They used to stick chametz into the wall. Right? And they would paint the wall to make sure... I mean, they still do it today, but it's a lot more noticeable. Uh, and uh, our house is a lot more fancy, so people care a lot more. But there is, there is this idea. But, you know, if we go back to the wedding phenomenon, um, this idea of getting rid of as much chametz as possible, I just say one thing, that the bottom line is the wedding. And all the chumras in the world, if you walk in, any of you ladies walk into the Seder tired, you know, burnt out, unhappy, edgy, right? Let's get the Seder over, I'm exhausted. You, you missed the point. It means... If a person was very careful, let's say for this Radvaz or this Arizal, and these are strong concepts, and, this, and if you could do these things happily, Ashrach how wonderful, how wonderful. But no one thing, right? If you work really hard for your wedding, and it comes to your wedding night, and you're ready to collapse, you're, right? You, you just then you missed the boat. <laughs> I mean, you prepared for this wedding, and you, like you're sleeping on a bed by the wedding to carry you in. I mean, get me out of here. That, that would be a tragedy. So, what we're going to discuss tonight is what you have to do. I'll give some recommendations. If you want to do above and beyond, if you want to paint your walls, make sure you speak to your husband first, we color. Uh, <laughs> right? 
if you want if you want to go ahead and literally change your floors or do you know wild searches and spring cleanings there's nothing wrong and and if you really want to check even the nooks and crannies which you don't have to wonderful but don't forget that the bottom line is the wedding the bottom line is the night of the seder I, you know, I can say, you know, you know, people have been to my Seder. I think we at the end of the feel Hashem. That's like the goal. That's the goal. I, I, it, that is, it's a wedding night. And it has to be, that's the goal. The other thing I'm going to just suggest, and this is what I do, I know my wife does as well, the Ebbetson. Um, when you are cleaning, it should be a spiritual endeavor, which means you should be thinking two things. You should be thinking, A, that you're getting rid of the Yitzhahara, and to really think about ourselves. You know, the al says, the great Alshech, um, Alshech, the great 16th century Darshan from Svat, so he says that when, as you're checking all the places, you should think about checking ourselves. As you're looking for all the chametz, you should think, how often do I look into myself and what do I have to work on? Right? What do I have to work on? I'm looking in this, I'm looking with this. Right? It should be that a thought process that goes into it. And it should also be thinking, I'm getting rid of the Yitzhahara, and how wonderful it is that I'm going to be able to close to Hashem on Pesach. Right? It's not just house cleaning. Right? We're getting rid of the Yitzhahara. That should be our focus point. And if we do that, we'll do it happily. Right? This is not supposed to be grunt work. It's supposed to be avoidus Hashem. It's supposed to be a way to get close to Hashem. Right? I mean, I think I mentioned to the man on Shabbos that the Vilna Goyen says that on the night of Pesach we left being servants of Paro, being servants of Hashem and that's a tremendous opportunity right, you know, people who work for, if they're, if they're cognizant, work for the king, work for the president right, they look at it as an opportunity it's, so what we're doing it's, it's a tremendous merit right? and if we're focusing on ourselves as we look, it's not just finding breadcrumbs, it's serving Hashem and realizing that we're preparing for our wedding, and remembering that the bottom line is that we're having a wedding will be fantastically successful. Now, it is Chag Kasher V'Sameach. Right? We're supposed to be thrilled on Pesach. We're supposed to be ecstatically happy, but it has to be Kasher. Right? Before Sameach comes Kasher. It's Chag Kasher V'Sameach. First, you have to be Kasher. And you can't start a day before Pesach and say about kosher. So let's say what we have to do. So in halacha, in Jewish law, what is forbidden on Pesach? Multiple biblical uh, prohibitions as far as eating, certainly even a little bit, but as far as owning or, or, or possessing or seeing is to have a kezayis of bread of, or any baked uh, chametz item. Right? What's a kezayis? Well, it's pretty big. It's approximately a half a piece of uh, New York rye or rye bread, right? Do they sell it at Rosh Shop? They have New York rye? They don't have bread. They only have rolls. But they have it at Old Country? You're going to get still? You get it at Pars. If you want to see this, you go to your Pars. Half a... Half... No, no, no. no. It's, it's half a piece of, 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 of rye bread. That's a kazai. That's pretty big, right? If it's not... If it's half a piece of... That... that, that if it's half a piece of... Bread, that's biblically prohibited. If it's crumbs, however, or less than that, so it would only be if it's edible. Okay? It's only if it's edible. Well, what's edible crumbs? Well, if it's under your refrigerator, if it's under your couches, if it's... 
see under this, this little crevice over here, under the crevices? Maybe in, 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 the, in the gut there, that's not edible. That's slightly gross. I, and, and some would say it's very gross. I don't care if, even if it's, it's, it's from Mrs. Ludner's tarts. If it's, it's in that crack over there, it's not gonna be that tasty. Right? So, first of all, things that are really dirty, I, those kind of crumbs, things that are under large appliances, right, are not going to be edible, right, and therefore, you don't even have to worry about it. Now, if you want to be the Arizal's wife, is there an idea to go pick up your fridge and look for it? Yeah, maybe there is. But it, not if it's going to ruin your wedding night. Not if it's going to ruin your wedding night. I mean, let's priorities over here, right? Now, I would say, under a couch, you have to check. You have to check for the crumbs, because the crumbs there are also not going to be edible. But you better check for cookies, especially if you have little kids. <laughs> right? Because a couch is like, as opposed to a fridge, right, could be a problem because you can go there. If it's under a fridge, technically speaking, if you really think about it, even if you're your little whippersnapper, that adorable little boy or girl, stuck a whole cookie or cake under there, who knows what, right? <laughs> It's out of sight, out of mind. If you do bitzel, and it's not something he can pick up, or he stuck it under there, and you can never pick it up normally, right? So it w- you, the bitzel will work, okay? And it's probably unedible. Uh, so crumbs, crumbs, which most people are looking desperately for these crumbs. If you want to, you know, if you really want to be whole. No, 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 but crumbs, 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 if you want to, if you want to be very, very holy, um, great, but if it's going to ruin your wedding night, it's not really the focus, okay? Now, if it's on areas where you can eat, and we'll, we'll, that's the real crumbs you have to worry about. So the one area you really have to worry about crumbs is anywhere you put food. <laughs> Anything next to food, you gotta worry about it. Because I, if you have, I would say, 85% of the energy for Pesach should be in the kitchen. That's the most important room, the kitchen and your eating area. That's really where it counts. The rest of the house, the main concerns is cookies and real big things like, you know, you know, and, and certainly if you don't have anyone to worry about, it's not a problem. So, the first thing you have to realize is what you really have to worry about, the kitchen. So we're going to do the kitchen uh, in a few minutes. Um, but outside the kitchen, clothes, pockets should always be checked. All pockets should be checked. In fact, many people have the minute that the night of Bidika, they check through all their pockets. Yeah? What about pockets from especially on Check all pockets. Yeah, I mean, if your Belichai is not old enough, but so, you, you know, but yeah. you have kids... I don't care what's in the laundry. You'll find all kinds of things in there. Um, uh, so, yeah. So, all pockets should be checked. Actually, the Shulchan Aruch brings down. You'd be surprised. Pockets, and not only pockets, pocketbooks, of course, and your, any suitcases, any th- time you've traveled anywhere, any suitcase you've taken, check the pockets of the suitcases because very often you leave, you know, your bag of crackers in there or your cereal box in the little cereal boxes. You go traveling uh, that should be that should be checked. Toys, kids' toys should all be checked. Now, I I I, my, I think most women's best friend on Pesach should be ammonia wipes, Clorox wipes. Those are great. You know why? Because Clorox wipes make food or crumbs un- inedible. So if you're taking at toys, 
the kids play with, if, just take, if you take a cloth stuff and you just rub them over, you know, assuming, you know, you can, that, that would be no, no problem. If they have a kitchen toy, open the kitchen toy, make sure there's nothing, uh, in, uh, the kitchen toy. What about dog toys? About what? Dog toys? Um, dog toys is, uh, you know, again, if there's, they, they can eat hummus, they can take it, I would check them. And again, I don't know what your dogs eat, the World War III in particular, but it should be probably checked. I imagine. Um, I close toys uh, every year. This is like the worst. <laughs> I've had this question. After you're done checking your whole house and cleaning your house, please check and change your vacuum bags. Okay? Every year. It's like it's like on Pesach or er, at 5 o'clock Pesach or er, Pesach. Oh, I believe I've got to check my, to change my vacuum cleaner bag. Check your brooms. Right, you're sitting there doing the broom. You're brooming the whole area. Change your vacuum and check your check your brooms. Okay. If it's only crumbs, you have nothing to worry about. Right, the same thing. Check your brooms. Uh, that's an area which you're doing in the kitchen, and you're going to wipe your kitchen again with those brooms. Remember, the, the biggest problem is your kitchen. And if you have crumbs in your in your, in your living room, I'm not that worried. You have crumbs in your kitchen, and it gets to food. That's a problem. Yeah. So I'm guessing, would it not be an issue then? Like at my place, you can actually they have vacuums and like you know things that you can like rent out for free and stuff at the place. But like you know they don't. I could just like leave it where they leave it because it's owned by non-Jews. So this is a good question. I, a few years ago, I mentioned this story once. I was with, I was with, with some from people. We're at a zoo on Pesach. And one of them decided to go feed the animals, like the kitty, you know, the uh-huh. kitty farms, the pet farms. And they went to buy, you know, the, the animal food so they could give it to the little kids to feed the, the little sheep salas and the lamb and the turkeys and I don't know what else they have there, the goats. So they literally, I'm like, look, I'm like, what are you doing? You're buying chametz on Pesach. You guys aren't even thinking about it. They're going to buy the chametz to feed the animals. And literally a minute yeah, later, but what were you doing? You put the money in there, you got all that grain. You're being buying chametz mamish on Pesach. They, their animal feed is filled with chametz. They're going to buy. So if you would take, if you would rent or buy something like that, and there is chametz there, you shouldn't do that, right? Well, I don't buy it or rent it. I just like you're, you're using it. It's, it's renting it. It's in halacha. It's renting. It's you're, you're taking but if ownership. I use it before Pesach and then, then I put it back. Not a problem. But you can't use it on Pesach. Well, yeah, I figured that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so again, the, the reason why uh, the, mo- the main concern just to, is, as far as the brooms is if you bring that broom and it has crumbs on it and then you have it in your kitchen, that's going to be the problem. So you want to make sure that nothing gets into uh, your, your kitchen. I would just... Um, rings, you should check your rings if you, if you need with rings. I, I would even, if you're going to be using your rings on Pesach, uh, I would even... You know, take ammonia, clean it well, right? Some people, if they, if they literally cook with the rings on, they even put boiling water just to make sure. Because if, if you cooked with your ring, it comates, right? And you're going to cook with it, with with Pesach, that, that would be uh, a problem. Now, there is a Chumrah by Rabbi Feinstein, and I'm going to point out this is a Chumrah, that liquid grain alcohol, right? Ethyl alcohol, since it could be distilled... Uh, is should be disposed of. So many synthetic perfumes and these type of things, according to Rabbi Feinstein, who is certainly the greatest sage in America, um, would be a 
problem. Okay. No. Are there any other names for alcohol? Um, if they have anything in here, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. That's my knowledge. I mean, ethyl alcohol. Yeah. Um, so any, so there are many things like that, which let's say uh, de- deodorants, which are not stick. If it's stick, it does, even if it has ethyl alcohol, it can't be distilled, right? Right. Anything stick, stick deodorants, soaps, shampoos, they're all, they're, they would all be okay as long as you don't buy. Some people would say not to buy. You know, if sometimes you know kernels of wheat shampoo or whatever wheat type of shampoo. <laughs> there are shampoos that have wheat in it. Oh, so, yeah. what? The oatmeal, thing. The oatmeal shampoo. Yeah. So though, even that, there is sabi. One, one should try to be, be stringent. Okay. Tables. Alright, we're not in the kitchen yet. But ta- the table you eat, these tables, for example, okay, if you have a table like this, you should have the two covers on a table because remember all this, especially if you're Ashkenazi, Especially if you're Ashkenazi, Pesach is very serious where you eat. Because when I mention the crumbs you don't have to worry about, that's ownership. Right? That's ownership. That's seeing. But eating, eating, it's so common for Ashkenazi, you can't even believe it. If, if you're an Ashkenazi, okay, if you have one crumb and you put it into a pot at the size of this room, Okay, this whole pot is unkosher on Pesach. There is no nullification on Pesach. Right? There's no bittel on Pesach. So anywhere where you're going to have food, you don't want to have chametz. Not only that, Ashkenazim hold, there's no noise in the of You know, usually ask, is it 24 hours or not? Pesach, we don't say that. Even if, it's, if, even if something hasn't been used for weeks. Right? If it hasn't been used for weeks, some do not have this. Right? Uh, but you're Ashkenazi now. Svarim <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, did not have this. You still have. You still learn. Svarim did not have this. By Svarim, um, they if bid the you shouldn't do on Pesach. If you cooked or put something in their pot which was not used in 24 hours, it would not make it a problem on Pesach. But for Ashkenazim, it's a big problem. Which means the tables, hot things go on this table all the time. Spills go on this table. So the first thing you want to do on a table is. Either I, what I really recommend is you put two la, two two layers. There's um you put like uh not wax paper um like a, sir, uh, 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 contact paper. Right? Contact paper is the best. But if, if you're worried about it sticking, you get another thing on top. We'll put two la, layers of uh of tablecloths. Now. Uh, that one, you, you do that on tables. We'll get to tell that's more for, that's more for countertops, mostly we'll use countertops. Uh, you could use it for your table if you want to, but it's mostly used for countertops too. Um, but you should have two layers, because very often there's holes and if you can get through. The table is, you're putting hot stuff all the time, both ways. So, the uh, first thing with the table is clean it well. Take, again, your, your Betty Clorox wipes, take the Clorox wipe, put it over the table, because even if you miss something, the Clorox wipe would make a crumb inedible. Right? If you use Clorox wipes, you know, you should... Is Parcel Clorox wipes? Uh, I, I, tomorrow I'm having, I'm, I'm, I have a quote. Uh, can you, can you, can you use Saran Wrap, a plastic cover? Absolutely. So Saran Wrap I wouldn't do because it rips too easy. 
one of those plastic tablecloth covers could use that for one of the two layers? You, again, it's, you, you could, you could, you, in theory you could, which is public policy. Public policy is like this. These things that would trip very easily would not be recommended, because if you have something that seeps through, there are going to be spills on it, guaranteed. So you don't, you, you know, if you have two covers on it, you have nothing to worry about. If you have one, things are ripped. What I, what I do sometimes, my wife does, is she takes aluminum foil, she puts it at the first level, and then we put a tablecloth on top. That's what we do. We put, you know, ta- aluminum foil on the table, right? And you put a tablecloth on the top, and we switch the tablecloths, milk and supply shakes. That's what we do. Um, so the air is a lot, a lot weaker than, you know, it, it rips very easily. So, um, so you want to make sure the table is, you know, waterproof, essentially, because when you have spills, if you have things that are that, that just paper on it, it will, if you put like uh, a wrapping paper type thing on it, on a table, you have a spill, it will seep through. When you have your boiling hot soup, it will, it, it, it will seep, it will seep through that. Same thing. Glass tables should be co- two covers. Now, actually, for tablecloths, um, you know, there, many people have a Pesach tablecloth or two. Um, it, technically speaking, you don't need to have that if it's fabric tablecloth. You can put detergent with hot water. Just look it over. Sometimes they, uh, there are it can get stuck in there. So just make sure it's clean. But vinyl, if you have a vinyl tablecloth, you can't use that on Pesach. The vinyl tablecloth that you use during the year should be put with. Uh, the chametz, okay. Hey, vinyl tablecloth should not be around. Okay, high chairs. Okay, high chairs. Okay, should be covered with con- contact paper. Okay, con- high chairs covered with contact paper. First, clean it thoroughly. Um, 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 uh, you know. Okay, number one thing that people forget. Benchers, put it with the chametz. Okay, benchers, put it with the chametz. <laughs> um, anything you put on your table, if you read Mishpacha magazine on your table and you eat your toast over Mishpacha magazine, or you have your favorite book or safer, even a safer, put it with your chametz because if your stuff you eat over, unless you want to sit there and go through all the pages, is most likely edible crumbs. That's not going on the floor. Right? You open those books, there's real crumbs in there. That's not, you, know, you go on the edges here, you'll find all kinds of real crumbs and gook. That's not, that's not on the floor. So that would be a problem on Pesach. It's crumbs that are under the fridge or in the cracks. Or, but real crumbs, that you shouldn't have around. So anything you eat with or around, should you put it right now. Um, cookbooks. Put it away. Benchers, recipe box, um, used toothbrushes. Put your toothbrushes, right? You're not going to use, buy new toothbrushes for Pesach, right? Uh, yeah. For books, like, uh, I have a bookshelf in the living room. Uh, do I have to cover everything there if I don't want to go through all the books? Did you books come through? Any, only book, problem books is a case. I don't know. I, I wouldn't bet on it because Somebody could take a look at the table. Oh, sorry, I don't want to answer personal questions, but as a general rule, if there are books that come to the table, okay. uh, they, should, they should be either checked or sold. And if they're not coming to the table, then you're not need to worry about. But if I sell them, do I have to sell Yeah, anything you sell has to be put inside. Um, as far as sales, as far as selling, um, most people 
sell real chametz. There are people who do not sell real chametz. If you sell real chametz, then you don't have to check any of this stuff. You just put the benches in the closet you sell. You have, you have, you know, dirty challah making things. You don't have to even check it. Just sell, put them, anything which is, any of your, any toys you don't want, any, any food making, your, 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 uh, bash, or your challah maker, or whatever you want. Don't even look for the, don't look for the flower. If you're selling flour, if you're selling bleach flour, which is chamech gummer, right? Bleach flour, what do they do with bleach flour? Put water on it. Right? You're selling bread, you're selling pastas, you're selling cookies or cakes. You certainly can sell any vessel which has chametz on it. Just put anything like that away. There's no reason to check it. Again, if you want to be married to the Rizal, right, or you want to be like that, then there's an Indian to check it, to, to not sell real chametz as well. But that's a very big stringency, okay? And remember that the most important thing is, 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 is the wedding night. Um, there are people who don't want to sell real bread or real cookies or cakes. They only sell things which are maybe processed stuff. Like flour? No, flour is real chametz. It's bleached. Most flour is bleached. But but the things though, it's sell their ketchups and their tuna fishes, which really don't have to be that worried about it at all. Um, yeah. So it's as stringent as you want to be. It's, it's, it's again, I just would recommend that as stringent as you want to be, don't forget the, with the, where you're heading to. You're heading to, these are chumras. These are nice chumras. Good stringencies. But, I'm just one thing of all the questions, are you, I'm, I'm going to answer this. Tonight's not the Seder. So personal confusion and questions, ask me afterwards so we finish tonight. If it's something that's general to everyone here, and maybe I'm not clear, Maybe it's a general question, then ask. But anyone about their barbecue grill or their house or their bookshelf? No, 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 not for you. I'm just, I'm just taking this opportunity to say this. Anyone like that, any question like that, we just should hold to ask me. I'm not leaving. I'm not running out of town. Ask me afterwards. Good. You said like ketchup and tuna cans. That's not real. It is real hummus. No, it's not real hummus. It's not real hummus. But you still sell it. You're saying people, you it? people, no, people do sell those things because they're processed on lines which have chametz. Right. So people if it's sell not that. right, okay, but, then but some people don't sell bread. What do they do? They get rid of all of it. Uh, yeah, they get rid of all of it. That's that's a big stringency, though. So okay. use your judgment, right? You know, there are now, and some people will, sell, will, will get rid of all their bread, cookies, and crackers, but they're not going to sit there and look at all their benchers. They'll just put them in the closet and sell their benchers, right? They're not going to go looking through all their toys. They just put any toy they don't need, they put in their closet, okay? Um, people should remember if you want to sit there and do spring cleaning, this is great, but don't forget the important thing is the night of the seder. Now it has to be kosher, right? But kasha doesn't mean I have to pick every stringency which is going to ruin my sanity, right? Um, and and I, I, to me, it's crazy if people are edgy for two weeks before Pesach. That's not, that's not the way you're supposed to be living. It should be, you know, happy, enjoying, pleasurable. It should be fantastic. It should be so enjoyable. My kids, my wife started the Sunday with the kids. I was around most time, but every time they were having a fun time, right? That's the way it should be. It should be having... A fun time. So what can't you kosher? Let's get to the important things. What can never be koshered? Okay. Mixers. Anything to do with bread or baking. Crock pots, graters. Um, the consensus of most post or anything with plastic candles, anything in plastic, we'll get to in a minute. 
pasta makers, sandwich makers, toasters, toaster ovens, I get it every year, waffles, irons, blender blades, okay, um, and calendars, these type of things, which are uh, uh, plastic calendars. Um, when we talk about costuring, what kind of materials could you costure? So first we'll talk about, before we get to fridges and ovens, if you want to costure utensils, okay, or countertops or what. So what kind of materials could be costured? Metals could be costured. All metals could be costured, including aluminum. Stone, pure stone, even if it has a, a little bit of a chemical finish, such as granite or marble, wood could be costured. Stone, granite, marble could be costured. Wood, co- uh, co- wood could be costured. Okay. Plat wood could be costured. Pure wood. What? Yeah, unless it's heavily chemicaled wood. Like, you know, sometimes they have... Like, think of plain wood for sure. could be like your kids' projects, wood, that kind of wood. If it's, the, you know, it has a lot of very thick chemical finish, and those are astringent, and you should not do it. Plastic and rubber, most post game holds, you cannot kosher for Pesach. Many post game holds, you can't kosher throughout the year, but certainly for Pesach, most hashkachas will not let you kosher plastic and rubber. Okay? Glass. Alright? Ashkenazim? No. No. What? We're talking about what can or what cannot. Um, Some yes, some no. So far, so what did you say about glass? I didn't say anything about glass. <laughs> you just said I just said glass. <laughs> glass. Glass. Ashkenazim, no. Svardim? Yes. They don't have to. They can use the glass dishes. Svardim, yes. But but the, the Benish Chai, for the people with the Benish Chai, and the, and the, the Kafa Chai say that it's ideal to be Machmer like the Ashkenazim. But for certain, the general Svardic Minog is to be made gold with glass. Ashkenazim, no kashering glass. Okay. Corel and Pyrex. What are Corel and Pyrex? Glass. Glass. Therefore, could you kasher it if you're Ashkenazic? No. Uh, if you're Ashkenazim. China, Corningwell, silverware, silverstone, porcelain, enamel, stoneware, tiles are all earthenware. They cannot be kashered. Cannot. Ashkenazim and Svartim. China, corningware, silverstone, porcelain, enamel, tiles, it looks very serious, stoneware, earthenware, all cannot be kashered. Okay? I thought you said stoneware, stone, stone was... Stone, stone, pure stone. Pure stone. Stoneware is, right, yeah, that's ceramic, right, pottery, these type of things. Right. Oh, okay. uh, for mica, Teflon, Melmac, Rubber, Corian, or all plastics, cannot be kashered. Okay, so, there is a difference of things that are used with water and things which are used purely on the fire. Things that have used with water will need purging, which is called Haggalah. And things that are just used to, for baking or roasting will need libon, right, which is much more difficult. 
So what most people, and I would highly recommend it, buy a set of flatware. I think it costs thirty bucks. You know, if you can't, if you, you can probably get it for cheaper in some places to buy knives and forks and spoons for uh, Pesach, and you keep it every year, and you never have to kosher it. Um, but if you need more, technically speaking, you could kosher. So how would you kosher, uh, let's say, flatware? So you'd have to wait 24 hours, anything which is purged, anything to a gall, 24 hours of it being cleaned first, waiting 24 hours, not use it any, with anything hot, and then put into uh, the hagala pot for approximately 30 seconds, taken out and rinse off with cold water. Okay? So if you have an all-metal pot, okay, all-metal pots, you could do... What? Including the lid, yeah. Okay, it has to be All-metal, should be all-metal. Right, if it has plastic, again... Glass or... Glass, Ashkenazi, right, right. Now the show will actually have on March 17th. We'll do we're doing Haggalah that day. Okay, on March 17th there'll be Haggalah, which will there'll still be a Shabbos uh, between, uh, but the, 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 the Pesach's Monday night, so you can't do it the, the following Sunday. It's just too close. Um, so if it's a so like this, uh, thank you. You were both asking the same question. So the Shul's pot, you don't have nothing to worry about. If you're doing it on your own. Okay. Um, if it hasn't been used for 24 hours, technically speaking, it's okay. There is a minug to kasha the pot first. Okay, that's a minug. But if you did it, if, it, if the pot was a clean pot and I used for 24 hours, halachically speaking, that's fine. There just is a minug by Pesach to kasha the pot before you, you use it. Okay. So this would work for anything purely metal. So if you have all metal. Uh, all metal pots, all metal forks, all metal knives. Um, as far as it's glass, again, Ashkenazim do not do this. And again, by plastic and rubber, most posts can hold. Certainly by Pesach, we don't kosher uh, plastic or rubber, which means that if you have vessels which have plastic candles, lids with plastic parts, uh, that would really not be kosher for Pesach. Okay? It, technically, if you had a lid that you don't want to just kosher the pot and use a different lid for, or use a good old aluminum foil to cover it for, uh, during Pesach. Okay? Um, Libon, which is going to be burning, will be something else. Now, glass, glasses, uh, glasses, pure glasses, uh, also, people should get pure glasses for Pesach. There is a custom which is brought down 200 years ago by the Chai Adam. I don't know why anyone would want to do this, but if you want to take your glasses and put in for 24 hours, dump it with water, and dump it out for three straight days. It's called Miloy Ve'iroy, um, and you have no money and you can't afford no glasses. That's a, that, that's that, that's okay, but it's really it's not appropriate not to have separate glasses for Pesach. Highly inappropriate, right? People should make sure to have if you're Ashkenazim for sure to have separate glasses uh, for Pesach. As far as you can the glasses, so they, don't, they don't have a problem. But for Ashkenazim, we can't cost your glasses. And it's not... How much does glasses cost? A glass cost 90 cents a glass? Less? Yeah. Right? right. It's, it should be that people buy glasses um, for Pesach. Okay. Let's go through the kitchen. Because remember, 85%, really 85% of our time should be the kitchen. Now, if you have certain kids, 
um, you probably could <laughs> change this. Because you just have to make sure, you, have to do, you do have to do a little bit of scavenger hunt, because some, some of the kids are creative. How do I know they're creative? Because every year in the shul, when we look for chametz in the shul, what we find in the play room, what we find in the base of Medrash, or in the co-room, these kids put chametz. It's unbelievable. You know, I, uh, it's so, you know, so that you should look for big things. You know, but otherwise, uh, 85% is in the kitchen. The refrigerator. Okay? Um, fridge should be, you know, very, very simple. You know, you should clean the whole fridge. Take your good old Clorox wipes. Okay? And, technically speaking, if you don't put hot vessels in the fridge, only put cold vessels in, that would be fine. You know why? There's no transfer of taste. No problems as long as there's no there's nothing there. Right? Many people line the fridge. I, I would recommend that in case you put anything warm or hot, or your husband doesn't listen to you. You know, once again, you know he's in, he's in a rush. He's going to a meeting. You ask him to put the soup away when it cools off, and he puts it in early. You don't want to get into this question. So the recommendation is to line the fridge. Now, there are people who sell chametz and they keep it in the fridge, which is okay. Right? I tell people every year, you want to designate part of your fridge for the sale, that's totally fine. Right? Some people sell on the door of the fridge, two of the shelves over there. Some people sell, the easiest parts of the fridge to sell is the bottom drawers of the fridge. Whatever parts of the fridge you sell should be completely covered. You shouldn't be, you know, getting your Kashala Pesach cream cheese that you bought at Pars, you know, and then you, and then you get, and you're so good, you start emptying the bottom and you look down, you can see through the glass there, and you see your, your, your breads. You know, you see your bagels, <laughs> you see your wheat germ. So whatever you're selling, it's, it's in the fridge or anywhere in the house, out of sight. So it should be covered. Use aluminum foil or use, you know, a newspaper, right? Just you make sure. Milk. You could sell your milk. Um, it happens to be, just because you mentioned this, I, I'm going to take this, even though it's, it's nothing to do with about preparing for Pesach, as far as kitchen, it's very important. Um, milk, I get this question every year in the middle of Pesach. People start searching for milk, right? It's milk. It's something you have to buy before Pesach. Now, if you buy a pars, and you're only allowed to buy a pars for Pesach, <laughs> right? Now, so if you buy chalav yisrael, you can buy it throughout Pesach. It'll have oh, you it'll have either hard KP or whatever Pesach for Pesach. You could. It's not a problem. The chalav yisrael milk you can buy even on Pesach. But if you don't buy chalav yisrael, you buy regular grade A milk. Buying it before Pesach is okay. You cannot buy that on Pesach. And I'm going to tell you why. Milk has fortified, right? Pure milk, of course, is not a problem. There's no chametz in milk. But milk is fortified with vitamin A and vitamin D. Not always, but very often, vitamin A and vitamin D come from chametz. Mamish chametz. Sometimes it comes from kidneys, sometimes it comes from chametz. So if on Pesach we have no nullification... Before Pesach, we have nullification. So even if they had anything that went to the milk, it was nullified before Pesach. In addition, milks which they make in chocolate milk places, chocolate milk has malt, and that can have chametz as well. Okay, just in case you didn't know that. So if you're going to buy milk that's not chalavi salt, buy the regular milk before Pesach. If you drink a lots of milk, freeze it. Just make sure you have enough milk, because if you're buying milk on Pesach, it has to be chalavi salt. And I'm not sure how much Pars is getting. It'd be very popular, right? Um, so, so the milk should buy uh, before Pesach. Eggs is a different question. But I want to get to all foods. I'm just bringing milk right now. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Almond milk. So almond milk is for Ashkenazim is and soy milk is kidney oats. Ah, huh? oh no, not almond. So almond. So almond. Sorry, I say soy. I think soy. Um, almond technically is not. In fact, my favorite can of peanuts on quite some. I'm saying almond butter on Pesach. The problem is they need a hashkacha for Pesach. Uh, if you have little kids, ask me afterwards about the 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 the. the, the, the yeah, but for the, they need ashkacha. All these things need ashkacha. Any drink, again, I don't want to get to all kinds of foods tonight. All drinks always need ashkacha for Pesach. Juices, drinks, all need ashkacha for Pesach. Milk, milk does not. Okay, that's a fridge. Um, can opener. I don't know why I have this in this order. Can opener. Just clean off, the, clean it, clean it well, unless you put it with hot foods. If you're going to open things with hot, I mean, it, just clean it. Take a, 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 a take, take a. Uh, ammonia wipes. If it's clean, it's, there's no transfer of taste. As if it's 100% clean, there's nothing, nothing to worry about. Um, there is a minhag. I'm going to mention this now. Um, that that anything that goes on the table during the year uh, should be kosher. Which means if you put your metal candlesticks on the table during the year, you should do hagala or iru in them. If you don't want to do that, just don't put it on your table on Pesach. Okay. If you if you usually keep your candlesticks on the year. You should not uh, keep it there on uh, Pesach. Speaking of things that you use during the year, uh, people who have bite plates, dentures, uh, these type of things, they, they, that should be poured, poured boiling hot water over it and cleaned before that for t- not used for 24 hours, I- ideally. I tried walking, my denture is my front teeth. I did that last year. It's my, right here is my denture. So I walked around for a whole day with no yeah, there are other options, but that 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 would that 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 would work. Or I could just not eat. Night all Pesach. There also no night have food. It's your cold food. There's no problem, right? I work in a meat place. I'm just cold food. Okay, okay. So individual types of things. So frying pans, okay? Frying pans. It's purely metal. Technically speaking, it could be kosher. But what's the problem with a frying pan? Do you use always liquid? Many people only will put a drop of pan or they, they fry in it. Right? That's considered something that would need libun. So if it's a pure metal frying pan, you can you want to kosher it. It's not Teflon coated. If it's Teflon, it's, it has rubber coating. You could do it, but you have to put it into like a self-cleaning oven um, or something of, of, of that sort. Okay? You're saying with Teflon you'd have to put it? No, no if it's Teflon, it can't be kosher. Co- Teflon can't be kosher. pure metal, you can pure put metal. it in your oven. Yeah, that would, that would work. Or, or take a... Or take a... Uh, torch. A torch. A blowtorch. Okay. <laughs> urns. Urns. Like these kind of urns. If you make... If you use that urn to... Uh, to make oatmeal... Or farina, or things which have chametz or cereals, it needs to be koshered. Right? Some people allow those to be koshered, some do not. Um, if it's purely just used for hot water and that, it gets nothing next to it, it doesn't need to be koshered. Right? There's nothing. There's no problem. Right? But if you put it over your matzo balls and you eat stuff like that, you know, not kosher the face of matzo balls, or your your or, or your husband does it, then you can't, you'd have to kosher um, and earn. Um, Blechs should be a different blech for Pesach. If you have a uh, hot plate, 
Hot plates could be kosh for Pesach. Personally, I recommend just covering it with aluminum foil, cleaning it well, because it's hard to clean 100%. If you, if you want to just clean it well and put it on the highest for an hour or two, that would be good, but better just to cover it with aluminum foil. You don't need necessarily a new, a new hot plate uh, for Pesach. Um, before we get to the other stuff, dish towels is like same thing. Uh, some people have, have dish towels, okay, uh, for Pesach, but like fabric, Tablecloths. Again, vinyl, you need new tablecloths. You cannot use vinyl tablecloths these three years. Are you surprised? I'm surprised there are vinyl tablecloths. Oh, oh sure. sure. <laughs> <laughs> right, but, but, so, so if you have vinyl, yeah, yeah but, but dish towels, just wash it with hot water and, that, and make sure that, you know, that, that would do the job. There are those who like to have separate dish towels. Um, for for Pesach, um, let me see anything else outside. Oh, every year this happens also. Plastic washing cups. If you keep them in the sink, now you don't have to change the, pla- change the plastic washing cups that you have if you have in your bedroom or in bathroom bathrooms. But the one you keep in your sink, that should be taken out of the kitchen for Pesach, right? And put a new plastic wash cup because that can be. If you have a pure metal wash cup, people come here every year they caution the pure metal wash cups. Uh, if it's ceramic, you can't kosher it. Um, okay, here comes the fun stuff. Everyone excited? Okay. Can't kosher it. Right. You can put it in your bathroom. It's not a problem. It's not, you can change You can put it somewhere else, but you can't use it in your kitchen area because it's been exposed to all kinds of comments over the year. Okay, so remember this: the kitchen is, is the kitchen is our is our uh, focus area, and anyway, we're going to cook food next to. Um, my wife already warned me. Actually, I think like she said, even getting uh, this Sunday, she's going to make the house pesadik. I don't know how that's going to happen, but like or, or mostly pesadik. So uh, she basically, she's going to cook salads ahead of time, freeze them, and then put our all chametzika like in warmer things in, the, in our garage, where we eat for. A little bit. Uh, <laughs> so, and and we have boot camp in our house. You know, our kids know that they can't bring hummus in certain areas. But the kitchen is really, really, really crucial because, again, the food is our main thing because ownership is not really a problem. We can sell things. We've got to eat on Pesach. Right? And everyone in the kitchen, kitchen that's going to be, you know, the area we want to focus on. Okay? So, the main focus, our, our passion, our love, when we're preparing for our wedding, Right, you gotta get the bands. You gotta get the food. So is the kitchen, and we're gonna have fun doing it. Right, it's gonna be so exciting. Okay. We're gonna be so holy that when we get to our wedding night, we look at our kitchen and say, "Ah, oh, this is great." But it's it shouldn't be a big deal. I just you know, I think that it has it should be focused on correctly, and it should be thought out when you're gonna do things because you don't want to start doing things and then having to go back and doing it again. So, the first thing is the sink. Okay? Sinks are really hard to kosher. Okay? If you have ceramic sinks, if you have a ceramic sink, you can't kosher it. If you have a porcelain sink, you can't kosher it. If you have a plastic sink, you can't kosher it. If you have a pure metal sink, you could kosher it, but it's very hard. Let me tell you, tell you why koshering a metal sink is very hard. Because you have to hit hot water in every single spot, right? Now, that's hard. 
Right? It means you have to have good aim, and you have to have, you have to either have a huge pot or a lot of time to be able to do it. So I'll tell you the truth. I do that every single year, and I still consider my sink not pr- appropriate for Pesach. Um, because I'm not sitting there in every nook and cranny looking over to, to hit it. So uh, what I suggest is it's a good idea to try to pour boiling hot water, but you should have uh, an insert. Okay, then if you have an insert, then life is good. You know why? Because you just, you know, have such a problem. Well, you, you can, now they sell sink inserts uh, in all the Jewish stores in Lakewood and in New York. You can order it online. Um, or, or, you're going to get four pars? I'll give you the number. Okay. Tell my wife, actually. Ask her, her cousin owns a big store in Lakewood, her second cousin. They sell all these things. You can set, you can fit any sink you want to get you the size. Ask her. Um, ask her. Um, so, if, but if you don't want to do that, you can do it the old-fashioned way and have a, a, a thing where you just wash it, and, or you put, or you put, uh, you you know you have the you put two, you, you elevate it off the floor like the two little things of wood on the bottom and just have an insert on there, and then you wash it that way. That's then that's not a problem. You know, the only thing you have to do then is take off the, the knob of it and the drain and do Halgala on that. Those things should have Halgala done on it, right? The drain cap and the, the knob of the of the sink where you put hot food. I mean, I don't know about you, but in my sink there's hot pasta going a whole year. You know, chulins and who knows what goes in there. You know, uh, my kids cook sometimes. I can't even tell you what happens in that kitchen. So the sink has to be kosher. And remember, if you're going to wash your dishes, if any... Chametz comes out of it. Where I mean, Chametz is Ashkenazim hold that there's no bitzel, and they also hold that even if it's 24 hours old, it's so sinks. You're using hot water. If you're using hot water, you're on Pesach. You got to be careful. So hopefully, the, the the pars will have the sink inserts. If you don't, you just buy two little pieces of wood or pour and pick it up higher. Some people like to put contact paper in, in it as well. That 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 is quite helpful. Okay. Um, yeah. What about the um, in the drain? In the drain, there's 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 rubber and it's attached. It's mm-hmm. not something that. So so a lot of people pour like a Clorox type thing. But if you do that, you have to be careful. If you have rubber, not to to to, to forget about it, right? Because if you forget about it, it will sit there and it can burn through the... If you have rubber pipes, for example. A lot of people today, new homes have rubber pipes. Is that new to people? PVC. They have PVC pipes, right? A lot of the new, cheaper homes in the Bay Area have PVC pipes. So if you're going to... People do pour down Clorox or um, some kind of cleanser or ammonia or... or, uh, Drano or anything like that down, down there. They're not their bathrooms, their kitchen sink, to make sure there's nothing there that can come back up. <coughs> but if you do that, just make sure that it, it, you rinse it out if you have PVC pipes pretty soon. Then you have no problem. Yeah. When you said the knob, you mean like it's not metal? No, if it's a metal knob, you just take it off. You're not talking about hot cold. No, no, no. With the spout. Actually. I meant okay. the spout. Okay. Spout. The, the spout on top. Where the water comes out. Right, exactly. All sinks are different. Yeah, the strainer take that as well. Yeah. Take the strainer out. Just put it, put it in the boiling water and boil it, and you're good to go. Okay. Any more questions on sinks? Either or do hagala, or just purge it. 
and then it's fine. Are you saying the little piece of yes. spout? Yes. What if you see it as a then you don't have to wear it. What if, mine has a hose. Um, if it was, so, oh, so let's say, so, okay, good question. Oh, yeah, the hose. Okay, so if it has, so it has a hose that, like, just, so pour boiling hot water over over it, right? Just take boiling hot water and pour it over it. Boiling hot water, let me just remind somebody. Somebody a couple years ago told me the following thing. Let me I cash my sink, and I know how to do it. So, really? Great. <coughs> Tell me how you're doing it. So this is what the person was doing. They had instant hot on their sink. Okay? They would take a cup, fill it up with the instant hot, and then pour it on their sink, and they'd pour it all around. So, let's review why that's not good. Number one is, purging, whether you're pouring it over or you're dipping it into, has to be boiling water. Instant hot is about 140, 150. If you're really instant hot, it's one, I don't think it's hotter than that. It's made for... Usually it's 140, 150. It's not even getting close to 212. Right? It's not, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not boiling. Right? Um, so you can't use instant hot to do it. And number two is you can't take a vessel, it's cliche-y, to kosher it. So when you're talking about pouring boiling hot water, it means you, you, the water is boiling on the fire, bubbling. And you take it and you pour it over at that point. That's considered which is purging. It, right? So if you're going to do anything, if you're going to kosher things in your house with purging water, you're not going to come to shul. It has to be with boiling water. Now, the number one thing that people kosher every year with boiling water, survey says, is... What? No. In the shul, it's kiddush cups. Kiddush cups wins. Kiddush cups uh, wins. I mean, and that, you know, the reason is people want to have a nice kiddush cup for Pesach. They're all metal, right? They're pure metal. And so me- most people kasha their kiddush cups. I don't, I don't know too many people who have kiddush cups special for Pesach. There are people who do. We but, do. huh? We do, because Kevin's parents didn't say this. Oh, so he does. Okay, fantastic. So you don't have to worry about it. But, so then you have it. So then, then you wouldn't have to But others. That would be something that people would, would kasha. Um, some of you actually have, there are people who have like ceramic uh, things, um, for Pesach as well. So, um, but when you're kashering, whether it's kiddush cups or forks and knives, if you're doing it in your house, you better make sure that water is boiling. And let's say you're doing a lot of your flatware, okay? Pure metal, you're doing forks and knives and spoons. If you lose the boil, you can't keep doing kagala until the boil comes back, right? If the way to the boil comes back, every year here, we have this huge kagala thing, and the boil goes down. Like, people come, they put these massive pots, these all-metal pots. Victoria Simon, I don't even know where she finds these things. I mean, they're so big. Our pot is so big, and it barely fits in there. I mean, like, these huge pots that, you know, and, like, you put it in there, and you lose the boil. So, once you lose the boil, you got to wait to, till the boil comes back, and which usually takes a few seconds. Then you keep the vessel in there for, again, close to 30 seconds. You take it out. Uh, if you're taking it out at home, have some kind of tongs, some kind of net. Don't uh, don't hurt yourself doing that. Just do it in an aluminum foil pan on your stove. Uh, yeah, if, if it's if it's clean. Yeah. You just put water in it and it'll boil. And well, you can't. You have to, the flour shouldn't be there until after. Well, no, right. Yeah. But I'm saying that, that way you, you don't have to fill it up with that much water. That the right. oil will constantly keep going. So countertops, countertops. Um, 
So again, I have a whole list here, by the way, of countertops from the CRC of what could be and can't be kashered. So acrylic, yes, avenue, yes. This is not. Don't follow my dependence. I'm just giving an example here. Buddy roads, no. Butcher block, yes. Caesar stone, yes. Cambria, yes. Cement, no. Ceramic tile, no. Um, I really, whatever you have here, I don't think you should sit there and kosher it uh, with hot water. I mean, you could, and it's, it's you're gonna have your kitchen. It's gonna be a flood. It's like this. I mean, to me, I don't know why anyone would sit there and kosher it. Uh, what was that you mentioned before? Those countertop covers. They're Walmart. They sell that plastic, hard plastic covers. We kosher our countertops. Yeah, it's just not worth it. If you want to know how to do it, I'll tell you really quick. You can either have sit there for an hour pouring bo- boiling hot water over it, and then running for your life because the boiling hot water is going down there and blocking your kids off from no one coming in there, and then mopping your floor for 45 minutes because where all the water went. Or people take an iron, an iron, and the iron as a point of water without water, which you could do on granite or stainless steel metal tops. But to me, that's all insane. I really just, to me, I, very easy. You take your granite, you take your countertops, right? You clean it, do one cleaning, clean it, and take your Clorox wipes, you do Clorox wipe over it. Then you go, and you get hard plastic covers, they sell it at Walmart, you can measure. You can measure your countertops. Walmart will sell for very cheap, exactly hard plastic countertop. You just put it on top, and you're good to go. You're, you're, you're done. I mean, I, I, to me, that's what's hard plastic countertop. Uh, yeah, it's like you know, uh, it's like so it's a cover, it's a cover. Oz is a cover. It could be. There's different types. Actually, truth is, I've seen. Ten different types. You could have lucite. It's all. It doesn't make a difference what it is. It has to be something which is thick. You know, in theory, what you could do also. It's a little bit annoying to get off. Is you put contact thing on it and then put another cover. Also, that would also work. It has to be double covers. A lot of people put aluminum foil. The aluminum foil. All the countertops, which the problem is, is it tears, right? So that's why if you put contact paper and then aluminum foil on top, then you have a double guarantee. But I don't see the point to do that. Personally, you get a, a, some kind of covering, you know, with the, Walmart has a couple, a few types actually. You can put thick plastic or, you know, or plexiglass or aluminum, whatever you want to do it on top, and you can measure it to your countertops and you can do it year after year. What? So they know which section goes. We do it. Goes we have it. Every year. We have it. Our house is labeled. Right. Do you have to double that? No, you don't have to double that because it doesn't come off. It's thick. It's literally, it's literally about three, four centimeters thick, or, or two centimeters thick. It's not. It doesn't come off. You don't. Have, you don't have to double that. It's, it's great. Uh, the only thing is, is if you, and, and for us actually in my house we have we have milk sides, flaschik sides. Every year there's one that's milk, there's one that's flaschik, depending on which which part of the counter it's on. It's it goes right back, all labeled, it goes exactly back. Um, that's the best way to do countertops. Okay, that's um, it makes life easy. It's it's it, it's it's efficient. If you want to kosher it and you're adventurous. You know, you're living in an area where you're worried that someone won't see your granite for a whole eight days. God forbid, they're not going to see your granite tops. You know, what will they think of you? Then uh, feel free to be adventurous. Uh, technically speaking, by the way, if you have granite you, and you want to spend a lot of money, you can actually shave off a le- le- layer also. They have machines that will shave off a layer. Uh, who would do that? I'll introduce you to them. Okay. Um, 
burners. <laughs> burners. Burners. Um, if you have electric burners, life is good. Life is really good. <laughs> electric burners, it's, life is easy. Just turn on the highest, 15 minutes. It's kosher, 100% for Pesach. Okay. Um, the, 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 um, the, the air, the great well that's for gas we're gonna gas in one second the the drip tops the thing where the bottom part that should be ideally either covered or pour boiling hot water but it's not really a problem I mean the burner is where the food's going on right so it's uh, that's the main thing um, if you have gas gas is not so bad either so with the gases if you have a self clean oven which you haven't got to yet. Take the grates of the, uh, if you're a gas oven, put it into your self-clean oven, and life is good. Right? If you don't have a self-clean oven, make, be friendly with somebody who does, because you'll, you'll need them on Pesach. They'll help you out a lot, because they can just do self-clean and make your life easy. Uh, or, you turn the grates over, and you let it, um, you, uh, you, you know, you, you put the fire, let it go, the fire should go on it, and burn that for 15 minutes, it will also do the job. Um, if you have these newfound glass recording or or halogen, all these type of things, life is not life is life is life is life is good, but your burners are not good, uh, and you cannot really cash that pesach. I have, it's really really close to impossible unless you want to take the, the the risk of cracking your glass stovetop. So the survey says recommenda- recommendation unless you want to be you want to take the chance of of cracking that which I would would hate to happen just buy for twenty thirty dollars the two buy burners and just plug them in I mean it is not worth it to try to caution that those burners you can use the whole years uh, because the glass concepts you have to cover the parts in between and it, it, they crack it really easily can crack it's not worth trying to caution that there are people who say you can cover it. I, I'm not recommending that because it, it does. I've heard of the cracking. Can you cover it and use it as a surface to put the new Sure, you can definitely cover that whole area. Use that as a surface area, but if you want to cash that, it's just um, now. Assuming you have either gas or electric, assuming you have either gas or electric, all of the area around the burner should be covered, which means all the surface area on the stovetop and the backsplash, the whole area. Where things go should be completely covered. Okay, as mentioned, the drip pan should be cleaned as well. But you should cover silver. That, that you can rely on uh, aluminum foil because if the, yeah, I'm gonna get there. I'm not there. So yeah, so that should all be covered. Um, yeah, foil is fine. The vents. Okay, the vents. I, I you know I'm just in somebody's house. I remember at people's houses and the vents, you like you put your hand there, you feel like you feel the, the schmaltz. Anyone know what schmaltz is? Fats, yeah. like the oils. Like you're, you ever go to someone's house and like the chicken soup is like steaming. You put your hand up top there with a real open chicken soup, right? You know how much steam and gook gets on those vents? There's so much gook you can't imagine it. So if you can take off it and clean it, great. Um, if it can't come off, or you're gonna break it. Take your, your good old friend the cloth wipe, wipe it, cover it with aluminum foil, and don't use the vents over Pesach. Okay? But it should be covered, because what's going to happen is, 
you're, when you're now your kosher of Pesach soup is going to be steamy up there also, it's going to be a problem. So you, you should aluminum wipe it and cover it with, I'd even do two, two layers of aluminum foil because that area is so chomistic, you can't even imagine what goes up there. You make matzo balls, pasta, that goes up there, right? Um, you don't want to drip things back down again. Yeah, exactly. Okay, ovens. If you have self-clean oven, life is good. Life is good. You don't have to worry about anything. Self-clean oven, you turn it on, right? Let it run a full cycle, usually it's about four hours, right? And you are done. We're almost done. No, not if you have self-clean. You're done. You need to clean it first before you do the self-clean. Assuming that your oven is not filthy dirty, mm-hmm. you don't need to do anything. If it's filthy dirty, you should clean it first. But and, if it, and put the weights inside. Well, if you have a, if you have something, if you have anything that you're gonna need to kasha, which is nothing to do with self-cleaning oven, such as grates from your your your, your counter, you have mm-hmm. pure metal pans, whatever you need to do in there, put it in there now. But yeah, that doesn't. The, the racks? Yeah. Well, the racks, of course you're keeping there. Why would you take the racks out? I know people the, the other manuals tell you to take the racks out. Oh, when you're doing it, do it's self-clean. Okay, yeah. So racks for sure stay. We're going to get to racks if you don't have a self-clean. Oh, you don't have a self-clean. Again. I knew racks. We have well. To, uh, yeah, I mean, it says like in the manual, it's kind of right. like, because that's why these are you have to do. Yeah, you have to but keep, unless you want to have new racks for Pesach, you're going to have to keep them in there. But I don't think once a year is going to be. I know, all, all I can say is the shoulders, we've self-cleaned our oven a lot of times. The racks still work okay. Okay, so if you have self-cleaned life is good. I would recommend, and this is uh, what you should do, ideally, is even if you're self-cleaning and if you have a glass door, right, the glass door should be covered with aluminum foil for two reasons. Reason number one is a lot of people put stuff on there, on Pesach, and the glass door does not get as hot as the rest of the oven. Right, like people, if you have a tray and you're, you're, you open the door and you have to put something down, you'll put it on that glass door and it doesn't get as hot. Every time if it falls on there, is a little bit of a shy lot. So the best thing to do is to cover that glass door uh, with uh, aluminum foil. Is that okay. why you do the cleaning? Right, right. No, after, after, don't do something. Yeah. So the way you, the way you get to stay is you let it go over to the other side and you tape it on the outside. Yeah. Oh, and keep it all pissed Yeah. So you put it on the inside of the door. Right, the outside of the door is not a concern. It's only on the inside of the door. But it should go over to the outside door to cover it. <laughs> everything so shiny? Huh? Everything's so shiny from all the aluminum foil. I, I, we have stock and aluminum foil also. That's going to be my next question. Oh, God. Are you selling aluminum foil? No. Okay. Does it have to be kosher? Um, does it have to be kosher the Pesach? The aluminum foil. If it's not kosher the Pesach, then we're in big trouble over here. Um, okay. So that's oven. If you don't have a, uh, if you don't have a self-clean oven, life is also good, but it's still, you have a lot more work with your oven. Um, if you don't have a self-clean oven, it's not really great for your oven. So, the first thing to do is become very friendly with somebody who has a self-clean oven. <laughs> because you're going to put your racks in their self-clean oven. Because if you don't, you're going to have to sit there with a blowtorch for the racks. That's not a lot of fun, right? Um, 
So you want to make sure that you have. Did you just go find somebody who has a self-cleaning oven? Is that? She and I joke. So if you put your racks in their oven, your life is much better because the biggest problem are racks, right? Because things that spill, things like that, need, that need to on. Or a rack? A rack. A rack. I'm having a lot of jokey mood over here. Usually, you, we're enjoying uh, it. That, that's good. That's good. Um, so, I'd say seriously bigger problem, but that's a different story. Um, if you the the racks are the biggest problem because you put on all kinds of things, things spill there. The, the racks have to be put into self clean oven. If you don't put racks in self clean oven then you should either blow torch it, which is not recommended, or what you're going to have to do there is literally scrub it with, you know, a cleansing cleansing engine. What's your favorite cleansing cleaning agent? A friend with a self-cleaning oven. <laughs> All right, take that from a, from a mashkicha. Uh, you sit there and clean it with easy off or something like that till the oven's completely clean, right? Now, Mrs. Fagan, you wait 24 hours after the oven is completely clean, completely clean, and then you should burn it out on the highest temperature for two hours. And then ideally, you want to, if you don't put the racks in a self-cleaning oven, you want to put aluminum foil on the racks. So you'll put your pot on top of aluminum foil. If those racks went into a self-cleaning oven, then you're, you're okay. So if you have a non, just to repeat this because it's a little bit, if you have a non-self-cleaning oven, you have to clean it completely, completely. Wait 24 hours and then burn it out at the highest for two hours. Okay. Yes? Just to clarify, in a self-cleaning oven, if the racks are in there, when, do you need to cover the racks with foil afterwards? No. No, they're good to go. A self-cleaning oven gets about 900 degrees. Right? It burns things to a shred. Right? Wood it says on the and you don't have to wait 24 hours for that. You don't have to wait for that. So after you do a self-cleaning oven with just turning on self-cleaning, you just wait the four hours or whatever it is till it's done. Yeah, usually it locks. It doesn't even let yeah, you open it. Right. And then it unlocks when it's done. Yeah. And then you just leave it alone until you're going to use it. That's right. I mean, I, as I mentioned, it's, it's, one should ideally, even if you didn't, cover the, 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 the door. Because if anything falls in there, if you put your thing in there, cover the door, which is glass, which will not get as hot as the metal parts. Okay. Uh, but otherwise, you're good to go. So that, that's why Rosa asked me if it's if it's dirty. So if it's real dirt in there, you'll have ashes. Most times, if, then you would want to clean it. Then you have to wipe it out. But if it's not dirty, if it's just for the the oils, if it's just for oils and fats that are there, it's, there's, not, there's no ashes. No. Oh, just so I'm going to take your question in a second. Can we do microwaves? Right. Microwaves are, are, if you have plastic or ceramic, or, or not ceramic, plastic or, or rubber type microwaves, you can't kosher it. So you just close it and you sell it for Pesach. Like you'll sell an oven you don't want to use. Anything you don't want to use. By the way, some people, every year, our people sell me rooms in their house. They literally want to check their room. They just sell whole rooms. They just cordon off that room for Pesach. They sell rooms. As I mentioned, if you want to sell part of your fridge, whatever you want to sell, you can sell. You have to make sure that that's blocked off. Okay? Um, I imagine parts you're going to sell your back rooms, right? That's the last area. You sold, 
You have two back rooms, you sell those rooms. So it, the part is open for business. Yes. On Cholomayid. <laughs> you could sell, yeah, you could put it in your, you could put it in the par's room. You just have to sell it there, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what about you? What about my house? Can I put it there also? You could rent out space. Yeah, get charged. If you have a visitor and you know they're staying in a certain room, if someone comes over, you can't ask them. If you know ahead of time the guest room, 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 the no, but that's if you're not going to use the room. Uh, that's a, I'll open that. Very important, just Mrs. Edenfeld asks, anything you sell is off limits. If you sell those back rooms, remember, let's say you sell a room, you sell a bedroom, and you don't want to check it. If you sell a bedroom, it's not filled with pars, uh greens, cookies, and rugelachs, and, uh, you know, pizza from Jerusalem too, you know. It's a bedroom, you just don't want to check it. That bedroom is off limits. Anything you sell is off limits. You sell a pantry, it's off limits. It, I, last year, Somebody called me, literally, it's Erev Pesach, three hours before Pesach, Rabbi Levine, you know, I forgot this in my closet, I saw my closet, could I go into my closet and just get this out? Yeah, that's what Kevin's mom asked last year. She asked me that? I don't know if she asked Well, a few people asked me that question. Kevin's mom asked Kevin, I guess, yeah. and he's like, no way. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so really, really, if anything you sell is awful, it's once the sale goes through, it's completely off limits. So just remember the areas you're selling. So if you want to sell your oven, you can tape it closed, put Pesach on it, and that's totally fine. Then you only have to check it. Just because, again, if you're selling, in the back of parts, you're going to be selling cookies and cakes and crackers, right? So certainly, if you want to sell whatever, that, the dirt in your oven, or the oven, you know, whatever, that's fine. If you have, a, if you have an office you're going to be using, do you, have any, do you own anything in France? Yeah. You have possessions in France still? Uh, uh, so let's imagine. Uh, no. uh, so I have people every year. They say I have things at my parents' house. I have a whole collection. I even have some food there. Can I sell the food? Yeah. You, if you own that food, you can sell <coughs> Pesach, you better sell it, right? Anything you own, I, like you know, Jim Roberts told me one year. You know, he's joking. I'm not going to go to Sonora to have to clean my house. I said, you have to clean it, but you better sell it. You have House of Comets, you better, you better sell it. Right? Any, anything you own, I think I said this a couple of years ago, a lady tells me, I've had this a few times, somebody tells me, Rabbi Levine, I'm not going to see you, this is someone from a temple, not from Amachad. Rabbi Levine, I'm, I'm leaving for Passover, going to my kids on wherever part of the, of the world, and I'll see you after Passover. So I say to them, um, are you cleaning your house? They said, no. So I said, you're going to sell it? You sell it to me. So they said, our custom is that we don't sell our chametz. So I said, what do you mean you don't sell your chametz? He said, yeah, for, for 20, 30 years, we never sold chametz. We, we, we just, we leave, we leave, we leave for Passover. We don't sell chametz. So I said to them, you know, if you own chametz, even if you're not going to be home for all eight days, you're over a biblical prohibition of, of owning chametz. So you should sell me your chametz. Right? Because anything you own is a problem. You cannot own chametz on Pesach, even if you're not there. If you own something in Israel, if you have, you'd have to sell it. What do you mean own something? Like own property? Own property. Own, own, property, which own, own chametz. So if your apartment... If have, no. If there's any chametz If it's anything which could be chametz. If you don't... Uh, if you, no, you have nothing to sell. Okay. Back 
to our beloved kitchen. So microwaves, if you have an all-metal microwave, you can kosher that. All-metal microwave could be kosher. The only thing that can't be kosher is the glass or hard plastic tray. So that you can either get a new hard glass tray or you can become Sephardic and kosher the glass tray. Um, Ron is getting older, you know. Um, but it's all metal. The way you kosher is you put a glass, a cup in there. Don't put a glass. Put a cup in there for 20 minutes. Let the water steam. Move the cup. Refill the cup with water. Do it again because the area where it was did not get kosher. And you can use your microwave on Pesach. Um, if it's if it's again plastic or the standard extra, uh, um, um, microwave or you sh- a convection microwave should not be uh, used as well. Dishwasher. Yeah, dishwasher. Any dishwasher that have plastic, you cannot kosher. If it's purely metal, uh, and you want to get new, ra- no one has metal, uh, uh, you know, racks. Yeah, if it's purely metal, though, you can kosher it. If it's if it's purely, it's not. Or, and you clean it really well. You have to go open all the things on the side and clean it because if it's any comments, even if it's pure metal, it's not going to be okay. Um, warming drawers. Yes, question? Yeah, the, you said something about a microwave that's also a convection. A convection microwave is... Um, not it's really difficult to kosher. Really, it's not worth it to kosher it. It's like a standard oven. you got to clean it completely well. you got to wait 24 hours and check it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would recommend it. Um, warming drawers. Really not practical to kosher. Right. It, some people say if you put in um, like chaffing things, like you know, we're, we're ch- chafing the stenos in there. Sternos. Thank you. I, 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 you are many. I, that's one of you. Uh, you put those in there for a couple hours and, the, uh, and you let them burn it out. That would work, but I don't. I don't recommend it because the warming drawer itself gets to 200 degrees. That's all it does. It can't clean itself in, in, in halacha. Um, barbecues. Okay. Um, hard to kosher. <laughs> really hard to kosher. What? Who puts chametz in a barbecue? Who? Okay. What if it's like something like no, no chametz has ever touched it? Then you don't have to kosher at all. Okay. But I mean, oh, just meat, then you still should kosher it out. I mean, because people put buns. I don't know about the barbecues you've been to. All right, that's it. People put the buns over the barbecue. That I understand. And they put the, so they put the bun over the barbecue, and they put their hot dog in there, and they put their hamburger in there, and they put their chicken on the on, on the thing. So the bun, there's no question that bread's going in there over the year. You're putting bread right next to it. What if you're not doing that kind of thing? What if you're just grilling meat? That's good. So, meats. Does meat have to be kosher the Pesach, survey says? It depends. Yes. So if it's pure meat, pure meat, wait, 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 if it's pure meat, if you have 90% of the OU meat that's pure meat, which is unprocessed meat, does not need to be kosher for Pesach. But ground meat, processed meat, needs to be kosher for Pesach, which means you have hamburgers, which is ground meat, that has to be kosher for Pesach, because they, they make it in the same areas. But it's not, nothing changes about the meat itself. Well, like meal marks... Yeah, pure chicken and pure cow is is, 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 is is fine. But when it's processed or ground, like or meal mart where they make all kinds of products for hummets, that has to be uh, the OU the OU will put on all the OUPs as they get closer to uh to Pesach. But 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 if you're buying beef, right, which is cut in not in the major factories, if you buy beef 
they cut in some mark molly stones, or they cut it in, in the store in Los Angeles. That needs a hashkach on it because they're cutting in a store which has all kinds of chametz uh, all of it. No, that's because they're cutting in the stores. No, it's coming like packages. No, no. Like no, the o- no. no if it's coming straight from the OU, actually. Yeah, if it's pure meat, it's it's fine. Just today, I took everything that I had. <laughs> Who told? Oh, we'll talk about. Tell him you can speak to me. Okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'll be, I just in the CRC. I'll read in the CRC. The OU, and the OU says the same thing: fresh or frozen raw meat in original packaging is acceptable, but ground, cooked, and or repacked. Repacked means they repacked it in, in the Oakland Kosher, Molly Stones, or in Los Angeles, wherever you get it from. So it's fresh or frozen raw meat is does not is, is kosher the whole year. Okay. The CRC has a great app that just came out today for Pesach. Yeah, I will actually the, the CRC the C, I will put it online on the on to me on the Amakad website this bulletin. CRC in the OU OU is not as thorough, but the CRC Star K yeah. very thorough sites on on all these type of things. Um, barbecue is, is so you have to you have to kosher it. it it's hard to kosher, so I'm not going to say it outside because you have to. But if you want to kosher, ask me uh, how to kosher. It could be kosher. It just takes uh, some serious um, effort. Um, did I miss anything? Hey, ladies? Did I miss anything in the kitchen? Did sinks, ovens, microwaves, counters? So backslash the regular counter, anywhere where you put pots near, the general rule is, this is a good question, wherever you put the pot level, should be covered ideally where the food touch would hit if you push a pot it would hit against it that should be covered but above that above that level where no pot would touch does not, should, does not need to be co- covered if it's in an area where you don't get near next to ever then you're not where you don't put your pot in it for sure doesn't need to be covered the only concern is with things where you usually hit pots into and stuff like that but if you're if it's the side of your kitchen where you never put food down just because it's on a countertop the black splash does not need to uh, be covered. Let me just make sure I had everything else. What about what about counters and cabinets? Oh, cabinets. Thank you. Good old cabinets, pantries, cabinets. So again, if you're going to be selling part of your pantry, part of your cabinet, make sure that's covered. But the part of the pantry or cabinet you're not selling should be now. Cabinets is like a fridge. You're not. If your husband or you put hot soup in your fridge, I hope no one's putting hot soup in cabinets. No, usually <laughs> pantries. You know, although we have a baker here, Mrs. Lauder, do you ever put like hot pastries in your cabinets? Never, right? <laughs> what do you think of that person? Who kind of you know, cookies? You know, so um, you know what you should do is take, uh, you clean it, uh, your cloth wipe to it. Some people like to put a, a level of parchment paper or, or, or a cover on there just because if it didn't do a good job, then it covers anything that could have been there, right? Because you're putting your piece of food on there. That's a nice stringency, but it's a stringency to put some kind of uh, either cover. You can even cover it with aluminum foil or something to cover it with wrapping paper or just put newspaper there with, that shouldn't be directly on there. But that's even a stringency. Technically speaking, there's no transfer of taste that's going to go on uh, in a cabinet. I will mention, though, but it's reminding me, some people have, like, cookie jars or 
you know, glass, ceramic things, decorative, where they sometimes put food, make sure those are cleaned, and if you, you, you put it on areas where food should not be put in those areas where the, you have food because it needs to be koshered. Okay? I will repeat my famous story, and that's kids' projects. Look over all your kids' projects. Play-Doh is chametz, pure chametz Play-Doh. Right? If you have Play-Doh in your house, make sure that it gets out of your house. A few years ago, I was in one of the rabbis in the Greater Bay area's house on Cholamayid. We're sitting there talking and learning. And as I was sitting there talking and learning, I look up at his wall. And I'm like... I'm looking at his wall. And he's like, looking, is everything okay? And I'm still looking at his wall. Is everything okay? I said, is that macaroni? He had colored macaroni, like kids' project, of like a like a table or something like that, like you know, like you know, all his kids' project, and literally, mamish chametz, like you know, you you throw that macaroni into the pot, and it's good macaroni, the colors come off, right? So all your kids' projects, make sure they're not chametz, right? Play-Doh, by the way, is chametz. That's something people forget. Play-Doh is not chametz. If a few years ago, also somebody told me. And he, I don't know. He's, he's not. He's not even. He's, he's known because he lamented it. He left out his little bodies of, bottles of whiskey, decorative oh, whiskey, right outside, as you know where he eats, and he didn't put it away. It wasn't sold, right? If you have any, you know, food items that are decorative, make sure that they're sold or put away. There was a lot of silence when he yes. accidentally do that, like the rabbi that had the macaroni. Isn't that part of the? Uh, what we say at not necessarily and that's not simple oh. at all I mean not that you should plan to do that no 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 it's not simple because it's not put in the areas which is, you're not, it's not an area that's sold so one of the ways you sell comets is you just put it in an area and the car you need ways to sell it and not only that it, you, you designate certain areas so if it's a cookie that's one thing which is, which is that, that's, that's assumed that you don't want it the things that you have as decorative things that you have as it's not simple that that works for it's a question I will point that out but it's not simple and so if it's mamish chametz, the general consensus is you have to burn it or get rid of it. And so in the case of the person who had the alcohol, you pour it out. It was painful. Yeah. Um, let me just make sure there's nothing else. And I'll take any, indi- any and all individual ca- questions. Um, rings, shelves, tables, clothes, toys. So if you come across something, heaven forbid. Well, if you find if you find anything on Pesach, you have to ask a Shiloh. Sometimes you have to burn it with a bracha. Even if you find a a roll under under cover, always ask a Shiloh at that point. Uh, Yeah. Is it possible? It's okay. Uh, Jacob, Jacob can figure out what he wants to take off. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Is it possible to still cook kidneys in a kitchen? This is a good question. So let, let's talk about kidneys for a second. So kidneys, kidneys, okay. Um, you can own a Pesach. If you want to have a, a nice collection of rice, assuming there's, that's, there's nothing wrong with owning kidneys, right? It's a forbidden for Ashkenazim. The old days, did you eat? Uh, yeah. You did, right? So Moroccans don't. No, they don't. Moroccans eat. Most Moroccans don't eat anything. Some eat rice if they check it three times. But 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 um, but kidney is not a problem to own, right? In fact, 
for those who have nursing ba- babies who use formula, you know, even on certain circumstances, you could be lenient and let them, let, let them eat kidneys. So be careful with the chametz with the milks. Um, but um, you shouldn't cook with kidneys. So, what you, what you, at the same level, you can use the pots. According to many people, it doesn't shape it up. There are those who are stringent, though. So, for example, let me give you an example. More than that, could you eat by a Sephardic house on Pesach with kidneys? What that? <laughs> Take this off the tape. <laughs> no, no. So the question: is, Could you use the pot that they cooked in kidneys? So, as I mentioned, there are those who are stringent. If it, that if it has been, according to everyone, you should wait 24 hours for the pot. But but there are those who are still stringent. So, for example, the Kohatibs will not use their pots for the Khans, their brother-in-law who's Ashkenazi from LA. Uh, many people are lenient. Right. And that's what I probably told you. So practically speaking, for the week before Pesach, so, after my kitchen is Pesach stick, if I wanted to be stringent, so, I could like buy so a pot? You use the pot and then cash that pot for the kidneys. Some, but many people would say, no, don't worry about it. It's going to be before Pesach. Not a problem. The bigger issue is many of the kidneys' foods are processed, for example, and they have to be checked or the chametz in it. Right? So example, let me give you an example. Uh, rice has to be checked because it can have... You know, a few years ago, the Syrian community in Deal, okay, in Deal, New Jersey, they eat rice, the Syrians, on Pesach, and they check it three times. And one of the major rice companies in this country, they were sifting the rice, and they found kernels of wheat. And they actually, multiple of them found it. Now, it's uncommon because of... Shouldn't be that way. But remember, rice is made, they, they sift these things in the same places where they make wheat very often. Right? It's the same factories. Today, everything, major factories doing many things. So a lot of these things need to have hashkachas. Frozen vegetables need to have hashkacha, right? Why do frozen vegetables need to have hashkacha? Because they bleach them with, 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 with all kinds of chametz on it. Right? A lot of these things, you know, which you don't think of, need to be kosher la Pesach. So kidneys also, sometimes you have to check it, some of them are, Quinoa. For those who use quinoa on Pesach, even those who are lenient, the OU doesn't necessarily like quinoa, but the CRC or Star KC has to kosher the Pesach. You need to have some hashkacha because the quinoa is made in the same factories as chametz. Processed. So then how do I do it? Do you Gets things which are certified kosher Pesach. Certified kosher Pesach or, or check for, check for system. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait. Just to clarify, because that's the question I've always had. So if, um, if you buy kosher the Pesach kidney oat, like pretending you're an Ashkenazi Jew, but you're thinking you want to you want to serve your family kidney oats the week before right. Pesach, you can go to Pars and get the kosher the Pesach quinoa, for instance, right, um, or some other packaged kosher the Pesach product that would no, be made for, some, for some parties right, during Pesach, right. and then you would cook it in. Would you cook so it in some, the so the so many people would cook it in the kosher the Pesach pan. And as long as 24 hours between that and Pesach. And that's all that we're not. It's, just, it's different. It's, 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 a strin- it's a stringency. So, yeah. Uh, Basically, the question is... It doesn't trade your stove. There are those who... <laughs> no, definitely not your stove. But there are those who would say that they want to use the same pan. No, it depends on how... Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Uh, like, in, uh, with kidneys, like beans or whatever, I don't know how they were processed. They need uh, to have ashkacha for Pesach anyways. No, so I'm not going to use them, but do I need to sell them? So, oh, good question. So let's say, um, so thing. canned fruits or vegetables, okay? They're made on, they should be sold. 
because they could have real chametz in them. Now, where does it, I, I hope you only eat peas and you see chametz, but the bleaching of these things very often are wheat products bleaching. So you should sell them. Okay? But even those, eat what? Same as the rice. Um, I would sell rice as well. Yeah, because rice should be sifted. If it's not sifted, it doesn't, right? And by the way, with rice, let's say you have half a package of rice. You could sell half a package. Somebody asked me the Shabbos, can you sell things which are open? Right? There's nothing wrong with selling things that are open. Right? Not a problem. Sell things that are open. Um, as long as they're, you know, again, this, I'll probably put out the, the, the Mechira forms, uh, I don't get, probably in like eight, nine days. You should just specify the biggest problem in the sales. I send people home and not do-overs is they don't tell me where they're selling it and they don't even know. They come to me the form, I'm selling rice, package this, whiskey, cookies, cake. So something though, closet in bedroom. Say, so ask person, how many closets do you have in bedroom? Ten. Which closet? <laughs> I mean, which closet are you selling me? I, I, this is a real sale, right? Right, so it should be specificity. Now, I happen to have a law background, so I take this very seriously. And I sell it to an, uh, to an Ivy League lawyer. Did not, he's not fortunate to go to Penn. He went to some other dinky school called Harvard. But, uh, no, I, every year asking me is he Jewish? Because he's, he has, he's, his last name is Salasida, and he's Mexican background. And, you know, he went to Harvard Law. Works, works in a firm called Wilson Sonsini, which is the number one law. I say, you sure you have no Murano blood? He says, no. But he said, he likes buying chametz. He had Jew, Jewish roommates in uh, Harvard Law. So, he's a lawyer. I, I have a law background. This is a real contract. It's not a joke. You have to tell me which cupboard it is. Cupboard, right side of kitchen. Fine. Top cupboard. Because your lower cupboard you're keeping for Pesach, right? So, if it's a top cupboard, it should be top cupboard. Should be, and what's in your top cupboard? I have oatmeal, Cereals, cookies, cake, crackers. It should be with specificity. That's that, that's important. You put values against. Yeah, they should. Yeah, yeah. What about microwave? When I sell microwave. Okay, so here's a, that's a great question. Let's say somebody's selling their house, or I have every year people who sell me their cars. Okay. Now, whether it's a house or a car, it's the rent value. I'm not selling your microwave. Because I'm not even selling your vessels. When you tell me your vessels, I can't sell your vessels. You know what happens if I sell your vessels? You're not going to like me anymore, Mr. Stolen. You're going to be very upset at me. If I sell your vessels, you have to tovel them all. Right? And even though your husband does such a good job with the calendar, that's a lot of time. So I don't sell vessels. I'm not going to sell your microwave. I'm going to rent the space there. Right? Your car, I can actually rent out your car. You have to make sure to leave me your keys. You have a nice car. Rent it for another week. You have to check your car. Just give me your car out. Tell me where the car is parked. Come out your car out for the week. Rent your house out. But I'm not actually going to, re- it's going to be rentals. Okay, so microwave, for example, how much do you put? How much do you think it's worth? Whatever. I'll, 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 you know, could sell, uh, $35 a week. Whatever for your microwave. Rental fees is more expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what did they say? Yeast. So in the old days, yeah, carpool's leaving. By the way, this this is this is open forum now. So if anyone wants to leave, we're done with the kitchen. This is open forum. Anyone, this is you know, um, yeast in the old days was actually we or was yeast, right? Today, yeast today is all chemicals. Okay, so yeast is probably is that you keep it open in your fridge, so you should get a new yeast. But it's not chametz. Closed yeast is not a problem at all. But brewer's yeast is chametz. 
brewer's yeast is, is hummus. So soda, dry baking soda. Dry baking soda, I think, is fine. Yeah, it's fine, as long as it's not open. Rabbi, is, yeah. I didn't understand. So we can keep yeast and then we can do the evaporate? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't hear I answer your question. So, Rachel's question, what about... It's closed box of yeast is okay. After basic, I can use it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's straightforward. I'm sorry. When you said closed, you mean like unopened? So the problem with open is you keep it in your fridge. So people uh-huh. keep the things that are open in your fridge. Actually, we have like a like in a plastic container with a lid, and it gets open and closed, but it's in a cupboard, it's not in the fridge. Yeah. So if it's not anywhere near comets, then it's not a problem. Well, we're not going to use it anyway, right? Then yeah. No. No. Can't use it if it has a hashkacha, you could use it, right? Yeah. But most people use these for all kinds of other uh, other things. Okay. Yeah. So, so let's let's get a good question. If you have your house, I don't think Joel's sneaking cookies or cakes into your bedroom. So, oh, so I won't tell him that. So, if you know yourself, if you didn't, bro- if, that, if you have a closet, you have, you have a closet which is a linen closet, a linen closet. Let's pick an easy case, not a closed closet, a linen closet. You keep sheets, you keep towels there. You don't have to check it at all, technically speaking, because you never put comments there. You don't even check it. And if you are concerned, maybe well, now you have to check your linen closet, and I have to check my linen closet. Because you have Jerry and Sarah, and I have a few of Jerry and Sarah's. So, <laughs> I check my linen closet, or my wife checks it. But we definitely don't have to line it, because there's nothing that's going to go there of food. So, just have to check it. You don't have to, like, scrub it. I just have to, like, check it. If you pay on the towel, it looks clean. I mean, they're not, unless you're worried. Well, if you know that your little, you know, boychikol or, or medala, you know, squeeze cookies, and you have to obviously check it and clean it. But if it's just, you, you look out there, and it, there's no crumbs, there's nothing there, then you're not, you have to do anything. Yeah. So then if you moved into a place and you have like like a linen closet and you've never brought food in there, but you don't know like if the Yeah, so you so you should, you should you should since it's your first year there you should check the place. I would just I would just take really quick a aluminum uh, Clorox wipe and just wipe it. Do they, do they retain you definitely have to line uh, no, I don't think I've been in that apartment with multiple owners. This apartment. I didn't use from last year, but this is, they are in the same cabinet with the same plate that I am using now. So this is that, can I use those? Well, help, help me this, explain to me this. You have plates? Yes. Dishes. dishes. dishes I, I Never used. No. I didn't Mint use condition. Them. I didn't use it for uh, regular. Only for Pesach. Yes, but they are the same cabinet. They are. So I would. So this is a good question. First of all, I wouldn't recommend keeping your Haggadahs anywhere near chametz. Should put it away. I wouldn't recommend your Pesach dishes should be put away. That's right. No, no, but or put a divider, put a block it off, put it, put top cabinet Pesach, lower cabinet not Pesach. Just as a general rule, at the end of the year, whenever you're doing Pesach, put it separate. If you, if you. Put it next to each other. If necessary, you can use it, but it's not great because if any dirty dishes went in there, if anyone put food in there, it could be a problem. Pesach stuff, dishes and haggadahs should be put away or covered or throughout there, really. Ideally. Yeah. Uh, can you go back to the 